morning or good evening or good afternoon, everyone around this rotating globe. And welcome to the other side of midnight, that magical time between dusk and dawn. And it falls on everyone. When the things you look at outside and think, oh, that can in no way be at this time of night, we take a second and sometimes even a third look. And lo and behold, some of those things can be, will be, should be. My guest this morning is going to lead us in a very extraordinary adventure on things that can be, will be, and should be. But before we get to, to Pat, let me, let me do a couple things at the top of the show here. The coroner for the county of Nye and the sheriff's department came out uh, late uh, last week, I think on Thursday, with a final report on the cause of Art Bell's untimely death. And it turns out in the midst of this extraordinary debilitating opioid epidemic that we are having, that Art mixed a cocktail that basically killed him. He had something like four or five prescription drugs in his system. And one of them or the mixture of more than one of them, we, we, we don't know. We'll, we'll never know. Um, killed him. And it's such a tragedy because uh, after Art left the air uh, and left uh, uh, Midnight in the Desert and gave it over to Heather, um, there, were, there were times when he would come on and there were times when he was planning to do more behind the scenes. And unfortunately, and I did not know this until a couple nights ago because Art and I had not been in touch for some time, um, his, his debilitating illness progressed you know the copd he smoked like a chimney apparently he was still smoking or he was trying to quit i mean it's kind of ambiguous there anyway the reason i know all this is because last night um keith morgan and the new uh host of uh midnight in the desert david schrader um called me up and said actually it was michelle their producer called me and said would you like to participate in one final art bell memorial on Friday night. So I did. And I was on for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and George was on and Whitley was on and Karen was on and Keith was on for two hours and uh, Bill Burns was on. And it was, it was in, in, in listening particularly to Keith that I got a much better understanding of Art's medical condition in the last uh, year or two. And it was true that apparently behind the scenes, unbeknownst to most people, he was really fighting major medical issues. And to, to combat this, he was taking this bizarre cocktail of the drugs that are found that were found in his system. So if you go to the other side of midnight.com, and um, by the way, the Keith I'm talking about is Keith Rowland, not Keith Morgan or Keith Laney or the other Keiths that we know. This is Keith Rowland. Uh, if you go to the other side of midnight.com and click on tonight's banner, for Sunday night, the 5th of August, my God, the 5th of August already, that's uh, our, our uh, show tonight. Just scroll down when you get to the guest page to Radio with Pictures, to my items, and the first item is the uh, account of uh, Art's medical overdose from prescription drugs. I mean, I've always felt, I felt for many, many years, basically because I live with Robin, who's a homeopathic physician. And I rarely take over the counter, you know, thing. I, I don't take any prescriptions. Thank God. Cross my fingers. Knock on wood. I have wood available here in the studio. Um, so I'm in much, but much better shape than than Art was apparently. And uh, it was either because he was in incredible pain and he overmixed something. We, we we just don't know, you know. The cautionary tale is there are alternatives to mainstream Western big pharma. You do not need to overdose yourself on Oxycontin. There are all kinds of other things that can be done. When I had Beverly Rubick on a few weeks ago, we talked about alternative medicine. And I'm going to have many other practitioners on to talk about alternatives because once you get hooked on on big pharma's opioids, you know, it's, I mean, well, look, look at the tragedy that it's done. Okay, enough of that. Um, I want to move on to some important news items, which segue into tonight's show with, with Patrick. If you look at item number two, 
at least 82 people have now been killed in the 6.9 magnitude earthquake that struck Indonesia uh, near Bali just a few hours ago. And there may be more. As we have noted in terms of the Kilauea volcano and in terms of warnings for the American West Coast, the ring of fire seems to be lighting up. And that, I believe, is part of this ascending physics that we've talked about, the fact that we're coming to a nodal point in that physics and more things geological um, that may not have happened before could well happen now. So this is a major earthquake in, in Indonesia that has apparently taken the life of 60, 82 people, sorry, and that count may be low. Item number three, if we look at the fire situation around the planet, California's fires now, I think there are three major ones in operation. The latest one has now consumed over 229,000 acres, making it one of the largest in state history. I think last couple of months ago, there was another fire that was the biggest in history, and they continue to, uh, to uh, come down the pike. The Mendocino Complex Fire, as it's called, uh, consists of two separate conflagrations that have consumed more real estate, more acreage than almost any other fire event in California history. So there's a, there's a story there you can click on and get the details. Now, what you need to do is think of this story in the context of what's going on on the entire planet tonight, because there are fires in Greece, you know, which killed an awful lot of people, even on a beach, apparently 50-some people uh, have died there. There are fires in Ireland, uh, which had the bizarre kind of side note of, of uh, exposing an old World War II um, uh, insignia on the ground that hadn't been seen in literally decade after decade after decade. And, of course, last week we spoke about the fires that are sweeping in Siberia, which in part were blamed for this mysterious darkness that overtook uh, the center of Siberia, an area more than the size of Italy, for two and a half hours and began and ended as mysteriously as it endured. And what's really bizarre about this is that the Russian government at no level has responded to the cause of this mysterious blackout that occurred over Siberia on the 25th of July. Moving on down our list of news stories, if you look at number four, this was really intriguing, apropos of our discussion with Sam last week and our replay of this very important show uh, last night. The Great Pyramid of Giza, through a mathematical modeling, has now been found to focus electromagnetic energy in various interior spaces and underneath that appear to confirm the placement of some of the interior rooms, chambers. Now, just to make very sure, this is not measurements. This is a mathematical model. Why it's so intriguing is that it came out literally within hours of Sam Ismonogic in Bosnia measuring, not doing a mathematical model, but actually measuring the electromagnetic energy and, and acoustic energy across a great swath of the electromagnetic spectrum uh, for the EM and finding that the Bosnian pyramid, the so-called pyramid of the sun, in its radio beam, which is emanating from the apex, shooting straight up into space. You can actually see, if you go back to the homepage for the other side of midnight and scroll down, you'll see the graphic that we've prepared for Sam's show. This beam is not visible like it is in the graphic, but it's there and it's measurable. And during the eclipse, much to his shock and surprise and wonderment and now delight, the pyramid in Bosnia rang like a bell, and certain frequencies were amplified, and the entire uh, amplitude of the emission increased by a factor of, I believe, two or three, which is certainly not down in the noise. So this provides a very fertile ground for additional measurements, and I can't wait to get the Accutron over there, but I need to replace the Accutron, because as I told you some weeks ago, it broke, my fault, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, and it 
needs to be replaced. Everything else is ready to go, but I can't go to Bosnia without an Accutron. So if we could have a little help there, it would be very, very, very useful. Uh, there are several hundred dollars at a minimum on uh, on the web, and you need to get them from licensed dealers who know how to deal with Accutrons and refurbish them. And the wires are literally hair-like fine inside an Accutron. So it requires a specialist. That's why they're they're not made anymore, so they're sitting on a shelf somewhere, having been rejuvenated, and they're somewhat expensive. But they're the best measurement of the inertial field changes around pyramids that I have discovered. And as you know, I've been all over the planet, well, mostly over the planet, looking at various sacred sites with Robin, checking out the really extraordinary energies which we now know pyramids can alter, including the mass and inertia of a vibrating tuning fork, which, of course, under Newton and Einstein relativity is impossible. Well, it's not impossible because we've got data. Moving on. Item number four is the, about the energy that was modeled for the Great Pyramid. So far, I haven't been able to get to Egypt to measure the Great Pyramid. I hope to do that at some point. And obviously, if we do, we'll let you all know. Number five on our list is very interesting. This week, a, a paper came out saying basically, we can't NASA, we cannot terraform Mars. We can't alter its climate. We can't make it more habitable. There's not enough stuff there, volatiles, water, and CO2 in the regolith and the polar caps. So even if you did what many, including Sagan, have proposed, which is to warm up the environment, either through, you know, dosing the polar caps with lamp black or putting up huge sun shields, reflectors, mirrors, like uh, Kraft Ericke's old Soleta system. The, the paper said that with current technology, you cannot terraform Mars. Now, lo and behold, and that's why this story is kind of intriguing, Elon Musk disagrees. Because I think Elon Musk is thinking bigger than NASA. And I don't want to take a lot of time tonight to explore the ramification. We'll do that in a future show. But I just want you to know that there are still naysayers, even when Mars is written large across our skies. Remember, Mars is still closer than it's been for 15 years. So go outside, look in the south or southwest, uh, just about this time of night, and that brilliant orange spark, the one that's not twinkling, unless you live in a very, very poor environment, that's Mars. And we've now passed it. We're, we're, we're uh, pulling away from it because we're in an inner orbit. We travel faster around the sun. And it will recede further and further toward the west, toward the sunset as these months progress. But for the next month or so, it's going to be startlingly spectacular, bright, and with a telescope as the dust finally clears, which we're hoping, the global dust storm, which has engulfed the planet for the last couple of months, uh, you might actually be able to see something. And some of the folks that may see something are in item number six. NASA this week named the astronauts for the first manned U.S. launches that will launch on the Boeing space liner and on the uh, SpaceX, that's Musk's uh, Dragon spacecraft, into orbit to rendezvous with the space station with ISIS, um, probably beginning next year. They may have test flights this year toward the end of 2018, but the actual manned launches, or should we say crewed launches, will not take place until 2019. I have a feeling that a lot of interesting things are going to hit the fan in 2019. Just just have that feeling that, you know, a year with a 19 in its name. Gosh, who could imagine that? So moving on, item number seven. Um, there is more information leaking out from the Department of Defense and from the Congress and from the White House on President Trump's idea for a real space force, a sixth military uh, branch of service. And so the background as to what is required and what's already being done is in that seventh item, Trump's space force is real, but here are the reported tales, or and here. Now, the reason this is timely is take a look at item number eight. On the 25th of July, just a few days ago, after the mysterious darkness over Siberia on the 20th, and remember, the 25th is the day after the astronauts 
finally came home when Buzz and Neil and Michael, you know, splashed down in the Pacific. And the president, President Eisenhower, flew out in 1969 in July to meet them on the aircraft carrier that, you know, picked up their spacecraft, put them in the quarantine vehicle. Um, that all took place, you know, 49 years ago this year in July. And it spanned from the 16th when the first Helsinki summit between Putin and Trump took place till the 24th when the mission was ended 49 years before. Well, on the 25th, um, I'm sorry, on the 20th, which is the anniversary of the actual landing on the moon, this mysterious darkness on Friday evening occurred over, I'm sorry, Friday morning occurred over um, Russia, over Siberia. Four days later, five days later, actually, on the 25th, something really weird happened to us. According to JPL and according to outside sources, but not according to the Air Force or the space you know, Strategic Space Command or the folks at NORAD at uh, Cheyenne Mountain. According to NASA, a large meteor, large is relatively, you know, relative here, exploded some 27 miles above the Earth in the atmosphere with an explosive force of something like 2.1 kilotons, over 2,000 tons of TNT, the equivalent of a small tactical nuke. The only weirdness is the Air Force did not report it. This occurred directly over, 27 miles over, the only major base we have in Greenland called Thule Air Force Base. Thule meaning the ultimate ends. And switching gears slightly, the NASA spacecraft New Horizons in January is going to rendezvous with an asteroid, planet, whatever, in the outer, outer Kuiper Belt, billions of miles from the sun, which they've called Ultima Thule. So what's weird about this event over the Earth? I mean, meteors come in and explode in the atmosphere all the time because the air pressure, you know, exceeds their tensile strength, et cetera, et cetera. This one was moving at over 24.4 kilometers per second, which is roughly 13, 14 miles per second. So it was really moving. And it uh, encountered the atmosphere, which at that altitude is kind of like a brick wall. It deformed, flattened, exploded, internally imploded, whatever you want to call it, releasing the energy of about two, tech, two kiloton technical nuke directly over one of our Air Force bases in Greenland. And the Air Force has said nothing about it. This is information that comes from separate independent agencies, comes from NASA, i.e. JPL, did not come from the Air Force. So, again, hearkening back to what really happened over Greenland and over Siberia in that week, that epical week, the anniversary, the 49th anniversary of Apollo 11, is, as I've asked on this show before, is someone, was someone, sending messages and doing it in a way which is not interfering but to those that know what they're seeing, the message would be very, very, very clear. I mean, it would only take, you know, an angle change of a few degrees and that object could have hit the ground with the equivalent explosive force of a tactical nuclear weapon. And the ground under it was the Thule Air Force Base. So this is part of the early warning system for looking for missiles coming over the pole from the old Soviet Union slash now Russian Federation. And uh, again, to me, to my untrained eye, it appears that someone could be sending messages. And maybe that someone is the real reason why Donald Trump has again and again and again put forth the idea, we need a space force. See, what's interesting is that all the folks in the Pentagon and the folks that, in the Congress that follow these things and know this stuff, they're all uniformly opposed to the idea of a separate military force. They just say it'll be a huge money sink. It'll just drain money from essential programs, and it's not needed because, you know, you can't really protect satellites, and you got to do it with a satellite itself, and you can't. In other words, if you look at the details, there's so many naysayers. One wonders why Donald Trump is fixated on the idea of a space force. With when he announced this to the Marines in uh, in California in March, 
with, he said, Marines defending potential colonists going to Mars. Maybe he and Putin know something. And that's what they talked about in that two hours and 10 minutes where no one has leaked. And even the director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, when he was asked the other day at this White House briefing of all the intelligence agencies, he asked, you know, do you know what they talked about? And he basically said, paraphrasing, no. Why not? Is it a secret bigger or higher than top secret? And does it involve an exotic physics? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning with my guests. So without further ado, let me bring on Pat Bailey. Dr. Pat Bailey obtained his B.A. at UC Berkeley in engineering physics and was also on the varsity gymnastic team, which won second place in the NCAA in 1966. He is the Pat identified in the book The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Pat then obtained his M.S. and Ph.D. degrees at MIT in nuclear engineering and was on the MIT rugby team, which won the Northeastern U.S. Rugby 15th S. Regionals in 1969. 49 years ago, same year we went to the moon, landed. He was later captain in the U.S. Air Force, a nuclear research officer, and responsible for the study of the safety of launching the first plutonium-238 RTGs into space. His report went directly to the office of the U.S. president. Pat has worked at the Los Alamos Laboratory in Nuclear Reactor Plant Computer Simulations, the Electric Power Research Institute as a nuclear safety project engineer and risk assessment, operations, transients, accidents, including Three Mile Island, and at Lockheed, now Lockheed Martin Space Systems, as a senior electrical engineer in electrical power systems and large-scale computer modeling. Pat retired in 2011 in the large wave of layoffs that Lockheed did in Northern California in that year. It's also interesting that Pat has been involved in masonry. Yes, those masons, Freemasonry, and has been a lodge past master as a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason, a Knight Templar, a Shriner, and Pat received the Knight York Cross of Honor and the prestigious Knight Templar Cross of Honor in California. Pat's knowledge base also includes UFOs and other suppressed uh, research and discoveries. And uh, I could go on. I could go on and on and on and on, but I won't. I'm going to bring Pat on. And Dr. Bailey, welcome to the other side. Thank you, Richard. I'm honored to be here. Uh, this is my life's work, really, to share everything I know with you and your audience and uh, with nothing to sell. <laughs> Well, maybe someday we, you should write a book. I mean, come on. All of us write books, but you should write one because you've had a really extraordinary mainstream scientific career paralleling what we'll talk about tonight, which is technologies and sciences that are not yet mainstreamed but appear to be rapidly coming online. So let's talk a bit about you know this alternative lifestyle you chose. How did someone who's so squeaky clean mainstream, I mean, come on, MIT, nuclear physics, DOD, how did you get caught up in alternative energies? Well, I think it really had to do with um, what happened at Three Mile Island, because I was very close to knowing what really happened, which is different than what is in the newspapers. And uh, San Francisco Chronicle came out on the front page newspaper saying radiation spreads to milk. So I wanted to know how is it that the U.S. press can just print lies and get away with it. So it, also with UFOs, I had some experience in that area. We could get in later if we want. But I was interested in, well, I've read all the books that they have in graduate school, 1930s physics. And I was wondering how those craft actually do what they do. So uh, I saw more indications of what's reported in the U.S. press is absolutely not what happens. So I fell into the, let's just call it the fringe field, where uh, I'm interested in alternative explanations. And as you mentioned before about um, pyramids being antennas, that was one of the subjects I just uh, learned about at a conference I was at a couple of weeks ago. 
So it's mm. easy, to, easy to get a job when you know what's in the books, but it doesn't satisfy your soul learning. So like you, I wanted to know what was really going on, and I'm finding out. Well, this field is so vast and diverse. Um, you've been interested. I mean, I've known you forever, and I'm in an age, and I can't count how many laser pointers that I borrowed from you at these conferences. <laughs> What what real technologies? Let's let's hit the the high points, and then we'll go to the the conference when we come back after the bottom of the hour. What real alternative energy, hyperdimensional torsion field, etheric, whatever you want to call it, technologies for producing power out of the ether have you found in your search? Myself personally, just the one which is on your website, that uh, bicycle wheel with the ball bearing in it. Oh my. Everything well, else, everything let, else. All right, that, scroll down, folks, on Radio with Pictures. Remember, you go to the other side of midnight.com, yeah. click on the graphic for tonight, for Sunday night. That will take you to Pat's guest page. Scroll down to his items, Dr. Patrick Gage Bailey's items. And number four is this very elegant-looking wheel. How does it work? Well, the idea is you have a like a bicycle wheel with tracks on the inside and you put a, a metal ball bearing so that it can roll inside the wheel. Then you come in, the video shows coming in from the right hand side is a, a regular magnet and the magnet eventually attracts the ball bearing and snaps over to the side of the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. Now you slowly move the magnet to the right and the the ball bearing starts the bicycle wheel moving and if you adjust it just right the bicycle wheel will pick up speed to a terminal speed because the ball bearing is off the center of the wheel and it's still spinning now if you showed that to a college class that believes in newton's three laws of motions i'd like them to explain that hmm how do you explain it? It just works. <laughs> Come on, you're a physicist. How does it work? <laughs> no, I, I've read many books on Zen, and uh, I think the most people think about how something could work, and I'm not interested in that anymore. I want to see it work, and then I'll come up with the reason why. Okay. Yeah. Now, so now, this th this is a video I presume you found. I'll tell you what, hold it there because we're at the uh, bottom of the hour, and I want to come back to this because I want to actually turn on the video and take a look because I've got a suspicion, given the database I have, for how this might work. But I don't want to, uh, you know, presuppose anything. So we will do that when we return. My guest this morning is Dr. Patrick Bailey. We've known each other. I don't know, 30 years, 25 years, something like that. Pat is a physicist, and he walks in two worlds, the world of mainstream physics and the world of woo-woo. And the woo-woo world is fast approaching. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and we shall return. the other side of midnight be sure to catch our complete live show every saturday and sunday night at 9 p.m pacific midnight eastern for a full three hours of this kind of exploration and be sure to visit the other side of midnight.com as you listen so you can follow our special radio with pictures guest page simultaneously the Kinthea, our hard-working producer specifically prepares to illustrate the topics discussed 
each show. Why? Because there is vital additional information on that Radio with Pictures guest page that I assure you will immeasurably enhance your understanding and enjoyment what our guests are describing. I mean, would you rather listen to a guest talk about NASA images of ancient artifacts on Mars or simultaneously be able to follow the official NASA images showing you as you're listening the ruins? If you'd like to listen at your convenience to all our shows, including our unique Radio with Pictures feature, please visit theothersideofmidnight.com and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. Okay, what do you get with your Club 19.5 membership, besides helping the show literally stay on the air? Well, first of all, you will exclusively, this is not available to the general public, enjoy our enhanced ad-free podcast, courtesy of Chris Bell automatically downloading all the latest The Other Side of Midnight shows directly to your favorite podcast device so you can listen when you want to. Further, as a full Club 19.5 member, you will gain exclusive access to our The Other Side of Midnight 24-7 chat server, what I can't help calling the Open Hailing Frequencies Room, which is available only to members 24-7. Now, during the show, that's where you will find other 19.5 members and sometimes even members of the bridge crew, my guests, and even me uh, when I have time. Regardless, you can always relay live questions to me during the show just by going to the open hailing frequencies room. Of course, when we're not on the air with your 19.5 membership, you can visit our club 19.5 radio archives anytime and download all our shows directly to your computer which will automatically provide you a screen size that allows you to really examine the remarkable images Kinthea posts for each show. Okay, here's where I need to get kind of super serious. Club 19.5 is how our show is currently solely supported. In my hopefully not vain attempt to keep commercials to a minimum, if you're concerned about keeping us on the air, if you want to hear information that has been vetted far more than perhaps any other show, the best way to ensure that is to join Club 19.5 and get your friends and family to join too. And if you don't know already, when I drop by open hailing frequencies, you can even ask me directly what the ultimate meaning is behind 19.5, literally the most exclusive club in the world. Please join me and my interesting guests on this very stream every Saturday and Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, and be sure to come back and listen to our live three-hour shows. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night, the 5th of August. By the way, if you want to find the page, if you're looking in uh, in Club 19.5, it's the New Alchemy and Other Ancient Sciences. That's the name of tonight's show. And boy, are we going to talk about a range of other sciences. So let, let's go back, Pat, to this wheel. Let me actually turn on the video, and I'll turn down the sound if there's narration. And I'm just looking at this now. Um, this says Visual Education Project, the Macintosh Perpetual Wheel patented in, was that right, 1823? That's what it says. Good grief. Let, let me say something here. When we talk about the definition of new energy, advanced energy, or ancient energy sciences, where the operation doesn't make any sense, because it's new, of course you can't figure it out. It's new. It's unthinkable. It doesn't make sense. So any new free energy type device will be tapping some sort of unknown potential energy source that we haven't figured out yet. Just how people thought. Oh, my thought, God. I'm, I'm looking at this. The guy puts a magnet by the wheel. The yeah. pinball is on the race on the inside. He's holding the magnet 
at a given position, and the wheel just starts rotating. Yes, it's very simple. Now imagine instead of one bicycle wheel that you had two, and instead of ball bearings, you had a roller that had a gear uh, up and down around the circumference, Mm -hmm. and the inside of the bicycle wheels could have a gear, and then you put a big electromagnet between the wheels and get it positioned just right. Now you could charge that electromagnet, get the wheels spinning, attach a generator to the axle, and if you put enough mass on the wheels, you might be able to power the, your magnet and get energy out of the system. Well, that, yeah. would be, that would be an over-unity device coming from the energy of the magnet alone. Well, magnetic fields are intrinsically very strange. I mean, I have a feeling they're connected in hyperspace. <clears throat> they're not just normal three-space phenomenon. But anyway, I don't want to get out of sequence here. You recently attended the uh, psych- Psychotronic Conference in Illinois, chaired by Dr. Beverly Rubick. Beverly was on the show a few weeks ago, proing the conference and talking about her experiments and, and measurements in, in you know, these exotic areas. Um, primarily having to do with health and medications and medicines and energy medicine and all that. What were some, what was the range of discussion in the 21st century um, at this Psychotronist conference, which I believe has kind of been renamed from an old conference, which, which had a name attached to radionics. Am I correct right. on that? Right. It used to be called the radionics conference. But I think too many people associated that with radioactivity, sort of a dangerous Ah. thing. Now, we'll get into radionics, the the science of that in a moment. But this conference had uh, many speakers, about 20, and they are listed on slides, uh, slide two and three. They're on uh, their web page. Okay, this is your your second and third items. Yes, I see. Yeah. And I was and they are they're clickable. And I was invited to give a talk on um, advanced energy and alchemy. And I had a 60-minute presentation, and I think I beat your record. I had 218 slides and oh my god, 60 minutes. <laughs> How did you I, do that? Uh. Well, I put everything I knew into there, but what I did was I put up a website with that PowerPoint presentation the day I gave the talk. And that website is listed underneath the yellow line toward the bottom of the website. Okay. And I'll, I'll read it off in case people need to uh, write it down. It's www.padrak.com slash U.S. P-A, U-S-P-A. Do that one more time. www.padrack.com slash U-S-P-A, Psychotronics Association. Now, and, Padrack, and, and let me say, Kinti, in her ever-efficient manner, has put it right next to your picture at the bottom of the page, just above your bio. So it's right great. there. there it now, is. Padrack sounds like something out of Dune. Well, I don't know that, but I'm very familiar with uh, Dune and the Bene Gesserit. Uh, PADRAC actually stands for Personal Assistance and Development Through Research and Acquired Knowledge. And that is what I'm doing right now. I'm helping teach all of you. <laughs> In 180-some countries around the world. It's so, also- okay. So, 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 so the conference was renamed from Radionics. Talk about Radionics, the original good old name Radionics, and why it's not connected with hard radiation, why it's much more interesting. Okay. Um, let me back up one step. That PowerPoint slideshow also has in it about uh, 10 or 12 devices that defy explanation like uh, the Hendershot coils where you put mm-hmm. a basket weave coil on the ground and you can pull out power, or the German device that was declassified by the British government where you actually have a resonant circuit with alternating current running through the magnet, and then the wire comes back and then wraps around the magnet, and that device was supposedly used to, to uh, power Nazi submarines in World War II. So there's Mm. a list of devices there that are very interesting, 
But um, the real problem is that all the really good advanced technology is classified. And that when you put in a patent to the U.S. Patent Office, Tom Ballone has shown that most of the good patents, if they can be used at all for the military, they get classified. And you can see the secrecy order that's sent out by going to uh, padrack.com slash INE for Institute New Energy, and then slash, and then capital INE14, like 14, dot HTML. That's a secrecy order. So mm. don't expect any of these advanced devices to show up. They're all classified, just like the really good UFO data and the good sightings, all the good pictures. They're but Pat, over and over again, we see independent inventors reinventing the wheel, pun intended, like this, yeah. like this gadget that you show from 1823. Mm -hmm. There was a guy named Troy Reed in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who built one of these, much more complex, out of wood with opposing magnets, and the damn wheel rotated, and he had really interesting torque, and he hooked up the generator, and I brought yeah. a friend of mine – uh, who also graduated from the nuclear uh, school there at MIT, uh, Gene Mayloff. And he, of course, was murdered several years back. He was head of an energy magazine. But he and I have been looking at these alternative energies, and they keep being reinvented and then disappearing. Like Troy had insane problems with his wife, who sided with some funder in South Korea, that basically took him to the cleaners and stole his his work and stole his models. And I, I have no idea what happened to, to Troy after that. The point is that these keep popping up and they keep disappearing almost like, uh, you know, virtual particles out of the uh, zero point <laughs> vacuum. That is very but, true. But they're I... all over the Internet and there's all kinds of demos. And you'd think at some point one of these would get to market. They'd get to Kmart. They'd get to Walmart. They'd get to where you could buy it like a home generator off the shelf. Yes. Why has this not happened? Okay, two reasons. One, does the device really work? Is it really creating usable power or over unity? Because most people still use meters with a needle, and when you use meters to measure voltage and then the current, you're canceling out the phase shift between the waves. And you can always build an over-unity device that way with just a capacitor and a coil. It's in the New York Times advertising for that. <laughs> now, the second reason, actually, there's a third reason. The well, I'm talking about the real ones. I mean, I'm, I know, not the okay. people that are faking themselves, but there's, there's enough right. real ones out there. I've investigated a few of the real ones. I Let's actually slept on a garage floor in, in Seattle, Washington for a month while a guy put one together and the ultimate problem turned out to be the guy because he would never put the final piece in his finished model and turn it on. Yes, he only needed another $5,000 next week. I've heard that story since 1992. But let's assume the Archangel Michael gives somebody the plans in their head, like how Tesla got his plans, and they really build something that works. Okay, what do you do? If you file for a U.S. patent, it gets classified. If you take it to a different country, they're not sure what, quite what to do. So I, my advice to any inventors that are listening, I would take it to a kingdom. Liechtenstein, Thailand, Saudi Arabia would like to have fr free energy. Go to a kingdom, show it to them, get it used there, patented there, and then patented in the United States last that would work. Mm. We've had an inventor, one of these exotic, extraordinary genius-type inventors on the show, Walter Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. And do you know Walter? Yes. Okay. He claims, and I've seen the data, and I've seen Tom stand behind him, Tom Ballone, that he has created an engine that runs on water. Obviously, it's running on the ether, and water is the medium, the transfer medium. He's got patents. <laughs> And he just got funding, major, major fund. I'm going to have him back on the show in the next couple, three weeks with maybe Maury King as well, mm -hmm. because I want him to describe how he has been able to do 
what nobody else in this field that I'm aware of has been able to do, which is to solve the patent, you know, black hole problem and the financial black hole problem. Well, if you have a device that actually works, funding will come if you can keep the uh, keep away the oil, gas, and Federal Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. Anything anything that would slow down the flow of oil uh, would be considered a terrorist activity in this country. Did you know that? Well, how is the law written? It's, we're it's all living, how, how the law is written. Yeah, it's we're living with a petrobac dollar, not gold, petrobac. And so if you start deplacing uh, the flow of oil to your house, it will be noticed. So this all has to be carefully inserted worldwide so that everybody wins. Well, this is why I want to have Walter back on because he's somehow cracked some of these problems. And I want him to take us through the process for all the other citizen scientists and vendors out there who also have neat gadgets tapping the ether and have no idea how to get them from the lab bench to market. Yes, I, I would love to to be involved with an international corporation that does that. All we need is funding. I'll tell you what, the night I've had Walter and Maury come back on, I'll bring you back on and you can ask all the hard physics questions. So let me <laughs> okay. let me go back to the conference. Let's go let's talk about radionics and how it morphed into psychotronics. Okay. Now radionics is actually legal in Europe. Uh, the, the term psychotronics includes radionics and some other activities. So it's a larger umbrella. But radionics is basically the use of the practitioner's intention using a bank of capacitors that have a numbered scale to send their intention over to a, uh, a plant, a field, livestock, or even people. And you can get degrees in that in Europe. And, of course, in the uh, United States, it's entirely illegal because you would be practicing medicine without a doctor. So in this country, radionics is very low key. Now, there's actually a California Senate bill, SB-577, that that allows treatments by other. uh, I could do a treatment, say, on, on you at a distance. But when you look at that bill and you look at the exemptions, it explicitly uh, mentions x-rays or any kind of radiation. So now in radionics, the idea is that there's some sort of medium carrying the intention from the sender to the receiver, like a thousand head of cattle at a time, Mm -hmm. which was represented at the conference, and that that intention has to travel through something to get there. So they call it the ether, A-E-T-H-E-R. Mm-hmm. So this brings back the concept of the ether. Now, Einstein never said that the ether was dead. He said that he just did not need it, you see. Okay, but in California and anywhere in the United States, if you use any device on yourself or yourself by yourself, perfectly legal. But as soon as you cure somebody else's toothache, you can be sued and uh, you will lose in a court of law. What, how, how would that change under this new bill? Well, the bill in California, like I said, it says you cannot use x-rays, and that means that uh, that would cover any form of radiation. So the question in the— Wait, in wait, 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 wait. X-rays are, is only one narrow slice of the electromagnetic spectrum. Well, that doesn't matter. I'm coming from a lawyer point of view. If I how send are out, x-rays defined in the, in the bill? Well, it just doesn't. It just says the term x-rays. Well, then it's narrowly focused. You just can't use x-rays, right? (laughs) You know lawyers. What we're getting down to Well, you'd have lawyers on both sides. You'd have lawyers for the defendant, lawyers for the prosecution. They'd argue it out. A judge would decide. Yeah, Um, they would would say the x-rays are invisible and harmful to the other person. So if I were to pull out my radionics machine and have an intention to cure your disease, Richard Hoagland's disease, okay, that would be considered a radiation, even though it's really called prayer. So radionics. But, but there are no measurable X-rays coming from your machine. You could go to court and win in a hands down because there's no X-rays being generated. Period. X-rays are a very defined part of the EM spectrum. 
but the the <laughs> the existing medical establishment have, will have more money than you, and you won't get you Accutron on Not either. Not necessarily. <laughs> I, that this is all thinking, Pat. Sorry, sorry, but this to me, this bill in the uh, California legislature is potentially a legal breakthrough. Because it's like, you know, the old joke about the uh, camel under the uh, nose under the tent. Yes. Once you get one state that legitimizes any real alternative modalities, it's Katie bar the door. Look at what's happening with marijuana from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. The state's rolling on the legislatures, the initial, you know, individual uh, citizen initiatives. Once marijuana got going, once people saw there was a benefit it was Katie bar the door. It was unstoppable. If this bill goes through, even the current form, I see it as an opening, not a dead end. I fully agree with you. But if you really want to learn radionics, you can get mail order courses from England. Okay. okay. All right. So that's the practicing medicine without a license is a big hammer that the uh, people in this country use for just about anything. And it's very dangerous. Now, one of the things about radionics, I mentioned you have these banks of capacitors. And usually a radionics machine will have two dials, which should be the, the same capacitor in both, uh, behind both dials. And they have what they call a rate. And it took me a long time to understand this. It's just uh, you tune the, the left-hand dial to a 9. You turn the right-hand dial to a 49. And that gives a sending out a really good, strong signal for healing. Why is it nine and 49? I was just going to say, gosh, you've read my I, mind. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. And it works. For, well, uh, for, wait, 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 wait. Nine is part of the uh, hyperdimensional 27 lines on the general cubic surface. You know, the <laughs> old Coxeter mathematical schlopley double six. Okay. And the, and the 49... This is going to sound really kooky. Is the orbital period of Sirius B around Sirius A in the Sirius star system eight point some light years away? There That's, you go. I knew there was numbers. a reason. <laughs> well, you were also dealing with resonances. Are, is, is there more than one radionics machine? Is there only one way to build these things? Yeah, that's where my next thought was. This, this applies to the machines uh, marketed by a, a man named Kelly and his father. And when they calibrate their machines, so they have these rates like 9-49 for good health. There's another rate for helping your liver, another rate for increasing the growth of your corn. And all of these rates, the settings on the dials seem to work. And so there's a guy named Pennsylvania Pete who's been in this business for a long time. And his motto is, don't think about it. What works, works. And I like that. Don't if think you, about it. <clears throat> you don't think, you know, you're trying to understand why. Okay, As well, a left brain physicist, I can't believe you just said don't think about it. Well, what I'm saying is don't let the thinking get in the way of allowing it to be a positive effect. So let me be very clear going back to the law for a second. The law forbids you using these devices as a practitioner and other people, homo sapiens, right? That's right. Does not forbid you from using it on dogs, cats, gerbils bull weevils, whatever is, you know, burrowing into poor cows in the middle of a field, that kind of thing. So the technology would be available for anything to heal except for humans, right? In the United States, that is true. Okay. So if you do enough of this and you show, I mean, Robin got into kind of inadvertently healing uh, pets and animals because, you know, we had one, Morella, who was our treasure, and she worked with all kinds of non allopathic non-Western medicine treatments on Morala and kept her alive long after uh, she would have died. And, and lucky before Morala was treated the same way. People love their pets. Some people, Pat, love their pets more than their family. Yes. If you can demonstrate that this works on living beings, you know, a member of the family, a dog or a cat or a gerbil or whatever, people will ultimately storm the, the, the Bastille and demand laws that make it available to them, given the astronomical, insane price of health care now. That is true, and the veterinary care as well. And like I said, there is this gentleman who had a booth at the conference, 
and he uses the, his radionics machines to keep diseases away from herds of cattle. And he has a very successful business. So he just needs money for advertising. Yeah. Now, I had to sit back and, and say, okay, what's the simplest explanation for this? Ah. And what this is, is this is strong, intentional prayer using a capacitor bank that has been preset by the gods to make your intention stronger at the target. Oh, wait a minute. I followed you up to the point of the gods. Well, um, what I we didn't say this before. Like the 949, mm -hmm. that's a setting on uh, Ed Kelly's machine. Now, right. if somebody else had builds a machine with even different capacitors, mm -hmm. I spent all day yesterday and today asking this question to people that were at the conference, calling them up on the phone, and they said, yeah, you just dial it to 949, which is the percent of the capacitor, goes from zero to 100, from open to closed, mm -hmm. and it works. It doesn't matter the size of the capacitor. So you're coming at this as a nuclear physicist, you know, with Bohr and, and uh, Heisenberg and Einstein and all those folks. <laughs> Do you have any idea, theoretically, how this works? Yes. Okay. First, let we me explain. I've never seen a neutron. I've never seen a proton. And I don't, chemistry is just a bunch of tinker toys. Even nuclear physics has like valence chemistry inside the nucleus. So my idea of how this works is that there is this substance called an ether that surrounds the earth. Maybe it even extends into space and structures like the. Well, 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 how could it not extend into space? Okay, how, could it not, how could it not be space? Well, it could be gravitationally attracted like smog. I don't know. Okay. All right. So you're but, thinking of it as opposed to the substrate of reality. You're thinking of it as something in three-dimensional space that could be affected by gravitational fields. Well, I don't want to go to the gravitational field part. I want to say it can be affected by your personal intention. Mm -hmm. And so that means that prayer works. This is very dangerous thought to a lot of people that they have the ability to heal other people or heal their pet. Well, wait, wait, wait. You know my personal story on this, right? No. When I was in Miami, back when I met Robin, which was like 20 years ago now, I was doing a lot of work on, on the, uh, um, you know, castle, uh, Coral Castle and, and other interesting ancient stuff there. And I had a heart attack. Yeah. And the doctors basically said to her, he's, he's toast. Art Bell got wind of it the next day, put it out on the air through his millions of people listening to Coast to Coast at that time, and their intentions literally brought me back from, from oblivion. There you go. This is called, you know, intentional healing, distance healing, whatever. He used it over and over again. George Norrie kind of has dabbled with it, is more scared of it, I think, than Art was. Art signed off doing it because he got results that were too powerful too amazing, too unbelievable, and he basically got very, you know, gun-shy that what yes. he was doing, maybe he should not be doing. I'll tell well, you what, hold it there. We're at the right. top of the hour. Yes. My guest this morning is Dr. Patrick Bailey, and we're talking about radionics, the original remote healing. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and we shall return. From the great American Southwest, the land of enchantment, apropos music, we shall return. Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed, and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed 
that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll have access to a private chat server that member used to chat about the show during the show, and you will have a direct channel to post a question that'll be read on the air to the guest. And you'll have a place to post questions during our open hailing frequencies. We realize that not everyone wants to call in live, and this gives you an easy way to participate in a live show without having to participate. Club 19.5 members can use this private chat to talk about the shows, ask questions, suggest new guests, and I may even pop on from time to time to answer specific questions. Also, the entire Bridge crew is in these participating chat channels, so you can interact with them as well. You'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward, and boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. <laughs>